Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, so just I'll obviously edit this out, but if you I'm like pacing around because I feel like I talk better when I do that. Um, if you hear my footsteps and it's like too loud, just let me know. Okay. Uh, I'm pacing around a very limited amount of space. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, I feel like without the echo, like your voice sounds much more crystal clear, which is great. Um, okay. So we're going to do a little countdown and start in a second. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm not really good at introductions, but my name's Adam, and we're recording this podcast here to talk about our observations on the state of media that we live in pertaining to entertainment and all things pop culture and zeitgeist. Would you say that's what you're here for, too? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. My name is Courtney, to introduce myself, and I love television. It's my favorite form of media, and I feel like through so many changes right now. Yeah, we definitely live in the golden era of television, but that Would gold- you say, what do you think so, for real? I think that the golden era of television uh, definitely like had its marks by starting with Lost. I think that like most people would agree with that because that was one of the very first like television shows in, I don't know, maybe the last 20 years to have a 45 minute format that was serialized. Also had like a average like 24 episode season and created like the notion of like TV as this like water cooler like event. And you can trace back to, like, Twin Peaks in the 90s, but that obviously didn't do too well in terms of, like, people's, like, engagement with it and didn't have the same effect. So I really would say that, like, we're in it now and, like, Lost definitely, like, paved the way for that. Yeah. That golden era of TV movement where, like, now, like, like, the idea of, like, oh, like, TV... It was just this passive form of entertainment that you put on because, like, well, you sitcoms. just yeah, right, and like they're like, like like television now embodies like extremely like detailed narratives that aren't just like flip on the TV and tune in, turn out, and zone out. Like, right, yeah. So I, I definitely agree with at a water cooler moment is actually really interesting because especially if you look at Twin Peaks as like maybe a little bit of a blueprint for like the way that TV then transformed into this, like I am going to watch this episode on the day that it airs during the week. And then tomorrow I'm excited to talk to like my coworkers, my friends. What are the theories? Like what's happening with this show, which you can't do with sitcoms at all like sitcoms it's like bottle episodes it's a story that wraps itself up in like 20 to 30 minutes but then you get these shows especially with Twin Peaks I think that's actually really good of where you can actually have theories about what's going to happen right and I mean I, I, I definitely agree like I think Twin Peaks was the blueprint I just think that like 
at the time it was like it, it was like too it, it was like too ahead of its time for lack of better words like people weren't watching Twin Peaks and then and going it to work. It like, was a heavy topic to talk right. about. It was heavy, especially like when around the same time you had literally TGIF every Friday that had like family matters and like step-by-step step and full house. Like that was like the pinnacle of television then. And people yeah. loved that shit. And it's, it's a three act television, right? You have right. like the exposition, you have a conflict and then every episode has an individual resolution. So it's all tied up in 30 minutes. Right. Like, right. And like very, very rarely did like sitcom format ever have like a story arc. And it, if was, even a special, loosely, like, it was a special event. Like, I remember watching the Brady Bunch reruns as a kid. <laughs> and when there was like a two-parter episode where like the story carried over, that was, that was it. like special. Yeah. And that it because that made it an hour-long story instead right. of this like 30 minute with ads, by the way. So right, it's yeah. it's really 20 something minutes. We used to call them commercials, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ads are ads are now commercials were then, but um, yeah. No, but even with like yeah, riffing off of that, like would you like you know you had the Brady Bunch two part special or like I remember watching Boy Meets World and there would be like a special like hour long event and it was like build the whole week leading up as like this like singular event where like everyone tuned in, something would happen, the story would play out, whatever, and it felt a little bit more like i i don't know like tangible like like a real story unfolding and but, yet and, but and then yet, like the next the next week it would be back to like exactly like it would still wrap up in that two episode arc and they almost like i i mean like my memory is obviously very fuzzy from you know 25 years ago now but like i like even with those like special event type arcs like they wouldn't reference them thereafter like no not they would, at all like, like something would happen and then like it would never be referenced again. And well, okay, this reminds me of actually a topic that's on people's minds right now with that 70s show and then that 90s show coming out. Don't forget that 80s show. <laughs> well, Just kidding. Let's I all can. forget that. I yeah. can forget that. <laughs> Let's erase that purely from but memory. <laughs> in that 70s show, there's like this huge plot point where Kelso gets a girl pregnant and has a daughter. Where mm. is that daughter in that 90s show? She shows up. Does she? No, they actually have a son. <laughs> exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And people it's... are like, does he even reference? Like, is there, a, you know, the half sister? That feels right? that feels like very lazy to me. Like, I, I, I didn't know. I, I don't remember Kelso having a daughter, but I trust you, obviously. Um and I only started watching that 90s show like very legitimately like three days ago. But in the first episode, uh, spoiler alert, there is a ton of like callbacks to the original characters like Donna and Eric show up. And then you also have Jackie and Kelso show up and they introduce their son who looks exactly like Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher, Kutcher, whatever. And Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. Um and like i don't know from like i don't know i don't know much about like writing for television but you think that like the most basic of research 
writing the script for the new uh, the new series they could have i don't know maybe remembered that he had a daughter right (laughs) but also in the show donna had sisters (laughs) and then they never speak of them again after like one episode so i think that's what you can do with sitcoms right like you can have such insular stories happen and then you move on from them and it doesn't even matter if the writers or the audience forgets it because it's not a story being told over episodes. It's like you have characters that are created. It's literally a monster of a week type thing, but for like sitcom comedy. Right. Well, that's what sitcom is. I mean, it's obviously not a monster, but it's just stories of the week being told with the same characters. And I also, I mean, I think there's value in sitcoms. I don't dislike sitcoms. I love like learning about the characters and watching their lives. I like that 70s show. I like... And again, (laughs) I I like anecdotally, that 70s show, I think as far as I can tell and remember or recall, like might've been one of the few sitcoms that kind of did have like an ongoing like overarching story and like yeah they didn't like keep it perfect like the you know uh continuity might have been broken at parts because like yeah it's a sitcom but like they did have some sort of story overarching even though like it was still like a sitcom right but the overarching themes are character driven right like you have like love stories happening between right you know? and they and, and they like they continue over like multiple episodes and over multiple seasons which i like i think that that's like extremely rare for a sitcom like that was a show or is a show rather i and, and granted i haven't finished that 90s show but like that 70s show like you know like you have like drama with like kelso and jackie where like they obviously had like an on again off again relationship like forever until they didn't and then did again and like their past grievances were referenced in further seasons so like i think that strikes a perfect balance for a sitcom because like the resolution yeah there's like there's like micro resolution for what's happening on like the specific episode but they don't treat the viewer like a full idiot who can't remember a story and like still have like things that pop up maybe like a season later like i think that's a good like, that's a very good balance yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm cough. Um, but yeah, I, I just circling back, like th- that wasn't like like overarching storylines that traversed like forty five minute episodes of TV. Well, Twin Peaks definitely was the blueprint for that. Like, absolutely, without a doubt. I even remember the first time I watched the Twin Peaks pilot. I legitimately got bored at that time. Like, and then Twin Peaks is a great show, but the pilot was like, I think like almost like two hours. Like, well, yeah, because it, and it's, I mean, it's, the it's, way that a story is told, it's not going to be fulfilled in a first episode of a TV show. And I think that's where we start to bridge the gap, right? Because right. there used to be such a different differentiation between like TV shows and movies. So TV was primarily like sitcom right. format and you had cinema to like tell these stories that were grand and like theatrical. flushed out narratives. Yeah. Um, and then to bring that into, into TV was a new thing to do. Right. And I think that like in the nineties when that came out, like 
people like weren't ready for it and especially a show like twin peaks where it's like very like surrealism it's very weird like it's not it's like still to this day like if twin peaks came out now it would probably be on like an hbo type network because of like how kind of like fringe topics like it deals with like it's not really like broadcast television material so for like an almost two-hour pilot which at the time also included commercials to air i think on like abc i could be wrong maybe nbc but it was either nbc or abc to like air on like actual television like i can almost like sympathize with people who like had a disconnect from it but it absolutely set the precedent for like 18 years later for something like lost to come out where lost like they they took that concept bridging the gap between like television and like movie yes and the common the common <laughs> note in between both those shows if we're using those as examples is that they didn't try to dumb down their content or their stories for viewers no absolutely not i i think they just lost for lack of better terms as a pilot like kind of read the room better you know people post 9-11 had a lot of fear about like plane crashes and like you had movies like the tom hanks movie deserted or whatever it's called where he's on an island with the volleyball like people were like very much ready you know to see a show about like a plane crash on an island and like to me that's the only differentiating factor between why twin peaks maybe didn't catch on then was like not only because like i don't think people were you know less in tune with like being able to like process the content i just think that like the core concepts like didn't resonate and then also having like these like hour to two hour long episodes about like metaphysical occurrences probably was like too ahead of its time and you bring in something like lost where it's about like the human element of like the aftermath of a plane crash and to this day lost still had the most expensive pilot ever shot because they use a very real plane and i didn't know that yeah it's very very christopher nolan-esque yeah most expensive pilot ever made i could be wrong there could it might have been superseded now by the last of us but as far as I know, Lost for the longest time held the highest or a highest costing uh, pilot of any television show. But it just but like I think that scene when you watch the episode because it's so cinematic, oh, which yeah, is absolutely. something which is something that you used to just go to theaters to see, right? right. And then I even think Twin Peaks, you don't see that because Twin Peaks still had the feel of like I am watching something that is literally being made to watch on television right i like and and since my initial attempt to watch twin peaks i've like gone back and have like fully watched it and it's still like even with like new context and you know a better understanding of like what it was trying to do and the implications of the show at the time and all that information it's still very much like I don't want to say, I, I, I would never say that it missed its mark, but it didn't embody that same kind of, like, cinematic hybrid. Like, Lost literally felt like a movie, the first episode. Yes, whereas Twin Peaks, it's still trying to be in that TV realm that was already existing. But telling, but like... telling 
different a very complex like, story. stories yeah not just yeah. this, like 30 minute bottle episodes like act one act two act three it's resolved. right and i i think another thing to appreciate about lost is that you know as like time went on it did start getting into the metaphysical nature that twin peaks also embodied like you had these characters like Jacob and the man in black who were these like, you know, eons old characters who never aged and had these like mystical powers over the island and blah, blah, blah. And they could like grant people the ability to not age and whatever. But it was introduced like the, the way they like breadcrumbed information made it so it wasn't like too on the nose, nor was it like unbelievable. And I think that like that recipe made lost as like sensational as it was was it was able to be like universally enjoyed like someone who doesn't even care about reading deeper into the metaphysical aspects or like the existential questions that lost asks can still enjoy the show and i think a really important point about that is that unlike sitcoms in this kind of tv show that started to, to develop is you can have episodes that are like all about character building and backstory. And I think one of my favorite episodes of Lost is the first time we get to like learn about Saeed and why he is the way he is and his struggles as like being someone who has to torture people and how that it affects how he's acting on the island. Right. Sorry. Yeah, you couldn't have that in just a sitcom. Like because... (laughs) You just create these very much characters that play like archetypes, right? Like right, like the, and, it plays out like a like a show made for stage. Like like it is very like beat by beat. Like it has to happen this yeah, exact way. I I don't know. Like you couldn't have a Full House episode that was all just about like uh, Danny the dad's like backstory and like <laughs> why he's raising the kids because his wife died. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, no, like people that would have they shut it off. They'd no it one off. <laughs> would have watched that. Like there would have been like, what the fuck is this show doing? Uh, there, there would be a like a, a People magazine article about like why um, Full House is suddenly like morbid and like don't watch it anymore. But I, I do think you know I think there's like sitcoms hold a very like special and important place in the like framework of television. But like it's like amazing that we moved from a place where that was the only type of television to a place where you know i i know like we're like we're harping on lost but like that's kind of like where it started outside of twin peaks but like well that's where it started in like a cable network and i think that's important to say because that's where it made it like accessible to anyone who had tv available to them right well, lost like, was broadcast it was that's i think i mean broadcast it was yeah that's what i mean yeah broadcast right yeah i mean at the time there I, like at the time there were cable only shows that were kind of like you know niche shows that people watched that had ongoing stories but like lost you know anyone with a tv you can put a you know bunny yeah, ear tuner you, on your tv and you'll you get abc put on abc and watch it and it was accessible to everyone right but it's like and, sorry go on oh no no go well i i just feel like this is a perfect opportunity to move into talking about hbo 
Before we touch on HBO, I just wanted to circle back to your what you were saying about like the Saeed episodes where they like show his backstory. It's very like interesting to me that one of like the most universally hated episodes of Lost was the episode where you see like Paolo's backstory. And I think that like now in hindsight that like absolutely like fulfills that that like character building like like that was an episode that was about two characters who we do not see ever again other than their bones are in the cave that the islanders eventually go to yes and they're like it, that episode served no purpose people other than this. People hated that yeah, episode. It was, it's, and to this day, I, like, people still are like, oh, yeah, that was the worst one. But I think that like it really, like, that it's kind of like an anchor in the, like, the context of like, like, like a serialized, ongoing storyline with like a huge story arc. Because like, yeah, that episode wasn't about the main cast. But it set up, like, such a precedent for, like, what is happening, like, in this, like, universe that, like, you can only do that with a show that has the ability to, like, run for as long as they did and, like, the kind of, like, obsession people had with it. Like, people may have hated that episode, but it definitely, like, gave, like, enormous leeway into, like, the things that then further happened on the show. Exactly. And and, and it grounded it in reality, like... Yeah, okay, maybe it was, like, a one-off specific episode, but, like, it added so much value to the idea of the island and the people that have previously been there, which, in the grand scheme of things, is so important to the entire story of Lost, even if it was, a you know, like, a boring 45-minute episode. Yeah, because if you're approaching the show just wanting entertainment for, like, entertainment's sake, that, like, I'm going to watch an episode that has a story that has a beginning, middle, end satisfies me, that's not going to satisfy you. Because you have to look at it in the scope of, like, how is this helping the story that I'm invested in? move forward it, it, it was like the def- it's like the definition of world building exactly and i think that was honestly new for a lot of people just like turning on abc every week to watch the show and the thing about lost obviously as two people who have watched times is the first season is super accessible, right? Absolutely. You watched it, and the way that they advertised it, it's like, oh my god, these people playing crash on an island. It's very like deserted island. How they struggle, like what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. And who hasn't been attracted to like the desert island story? That's kind of a trope that like all of us are familiar with. Like, I mean, everyone... Lord of the Flies. Exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. everyone has had to read that in school and. It definitely evokes that same kind of idea, but they advertised it in way, and the way that they did the episodes in the first season continues to kind of like fulfill that expectation. And then you go farther along, and it gets deeper. And what's great, what I love about Lost is that people were already so invested after the first season that it gave them more freedom to like tell these complex stories on literally abc and and like have like weird like experimental plot devices yeah and have this episode with paolo and 
whatever her name is, I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> um, who they just, it's such a standalone story. Like, you could watch that episode, honestly, as like a standalone exactly. episode. And, and like, the significance of that whole story is about Paolo and I, I like, I can't remember the other person's name, but like their whole, everything that led up to them literally dying on the island and becoming these like bones and fragments that become, that are like left over. Yes. Like they're like, you see for so many instances throughout multiple episodes, like when they first come to that cave or it's like the cave ring inside the forest area or whatever, they like see these bones and realize that, you know, oh, clearly other people have been here and also have been here long enough to die. Yes. And you can watch it, right, as a viewer and be upset. Like, does this have to do with anything? And be annoyed that you wasted an hour of your life watching it. Or what they want their viewers to do is to be invested in the overarching story and be like, how does this fit in to what story is being told. And I think, I don't know, I don't want to claim that this is the first time a show tried to do that on TV. I, it's probably not. But it's the most memorable in my mind that they really are asking you to be like, I need to think critically about this story and what the actions of the characters mean, what this like standalone story means for the bigger story than I'm being told and watching. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I full-heartedly agree. And as you were saying that, I was thinking, like, even on, like, a double-edged sword, like, from a business perspective, it, like, it, they, they had such, I don't know, foresight, or maybe it was just a luck, but like, even by doing that episode, it caused so many people to be, like, damn like I, I i want that other the the actual lost story so bad so that when it came back to like you know the actual proceedings of like the, the show and what's actually happening it like people it like you know people were like so ready for that like it made in its own way like it also made a water cooler event where people could like vent about how like it took away from you know the story but they're so excited to get back to it exactly and you know who else was probably at that water water cooler like talking about it people who people who saw what that episode maybe meant for the bigger story absolutely i think that like in in you know like uh, like we're doing a lot of talk about lost right now and it's because it is what i i I think it's significant in the conversation i think it's like it's like very much like a tentpole that like bleeds into everything else we'll eventually talk about. But what you were just saying, like, yeah, like even if that episode was like dividing amongst the fans of the show, that almost creates like even like more water cooler talk. Like, cause you have the people who like understand the full implications of it, that like having this backstory, you know, lends credence to like literally what's happening on the show. And then you have like the general population at the time, at least that like, was like I want more more smoke monster. I want more John Locke. Like I hated that episode. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you know it was airing around the same time as Lost every night. What CSI, right? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> and and I think CSI. It's a long form show, right? It's also an hour with commercials, but like it's still procedural. Lost. But it's still procedural. So people who like were fans of sitcoms can watch that show in the same manner as they watch sitcoms because 
while there are some overarching like themes and stories and character connections, it's still like beginning, middle, end. Right. For each it is episode. very, like very structurally yeah. like isolated. It's yeah. It's it. First of all, it's just structured in general. Like whereas right. Lost, Lost obviously has great story structure, but some of the stories that are structured don't like meet their end until seasons on and so you're left hanging you're left wondering and that feeling of watching a tv show and being like theorizing about what could be the answer right. the questions that you have is so unique i mean that 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 defined that era of like that 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 to me that's why like that's where like in my mind i call that the like initial like the first step of like the golden era of like television because like never before then even with csi being you know a 45 minute show where like there's repeat characters yep. and some kind of like overarching story it just like it wasn't the same in the sense that like no like no one like when when csi ended each night that it was on no one was like, I can't wait to talk right. about what happened to because the next person I see. All the theorizing that you could do about CSI happened within the time frame of the episode. Yeah, there, there was so, no, there, there was like no room for interpretation. No, so like even though if you were watching it and were like, I think it's this guy who did it, you're gonna have your answer by the time the episode ends. So there's no going right. to the water cooler the next day with your coworkers and be like. Oh my god, who do you think did it? Like, what do you think about these characters? It's already been resolved. Yeah, and I and I I, I don't I don't know. I feel like a lot of people would attribute like loss ability to have people talking about it each week because of like the mysticism in it and the like metaphysical nature of stuff that started happening. But, like, I don't think that's it. I think they were just telling actual stories that intrigued people. Because, like you said, in the first season, none of the, like, abstract, like, magical, you know, uh, people reappearing, dead people coming back and showing face, etc. Like, none of that was happening in the first season, really, in a meaningful way. Like, I think Jack sees, like, a apparition of his dad once or twice, but, like... Yeah, and there's, like, the smoke monster. Right. And, but, like, the smoke monster wasn't even like shown really for, I don't think until at least the second season or maybe the last episode. No. Yeah, no, it was, it was the second season onwards because the whole first episode dealt with like the conflict between the others. And yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I think that like you tell a compelling story, people will talk about it. Like CSI, again, using yeah. just CSI yeah, as an example, there, there's nothing to talk about. No, because it's, literally a story that begins and ends in one episode right. and lost while they do have like obviously plot points that happen in every episode there is an overarching story yeah okay, I mean, okay like, take take that take dexter for example that is a show that also in the same vein of csi is a show about crime procedural that like takes place grounded in, like, the reality that we know and, like, that we exist in. Like, there's no metaphysical nature to it. Dexter can't shapeshift. Dexter can't kill and turn invisible. Like, that's a show where, like, even when we know who the killer is, like, we know who the ice truck killer is, they somehow still manage to flush it out over the course of an entire season. And every single episode hits unique beats that make for a very compelling story without even, you know, regardless of, like, knowing, like, 
who's who and who's doing what. Right. Like, and I think it's telling that Dexter came out two years after Lost started. Oh, I, oh, I, that's news to me, and it makes sense. That absolutely yeah. that adds up. Like, yeah, because I think Lost opened up a lot of creators and writers to start telling these stories in the TV format because the TV format is so different than cinema. Okay, like it just is fundamentally. But these stories started to bring elements of that into television. Right. Okay. But I think it's important to point out that Dexter wasn't accessible to everyone. Yeah, I I, I don't have the authority to speak on Dexter. I only started getting into it by the time the season of the Trinity Killer started. I mean, That's it was I on liked. Showtime. Okay. So Showtime oh, is a yeah. service you had to pay for. Right, right. Whereas ABC, everyone could watch it. And right. so I think there's still at this time of Lost and even before that like there's like parts of the TV accessibility that are like okay everyone can watch ABC and CBS and Fox right okay and you start telling the stories there but there was already stories like that happening just not accessible to everyone. Yeah. On no, TV. Well, that, yeah, I, I exactly. Like I because mentioned that so- earlier. Like, I mean, The Sopranos started in 1989 and Lost right. aired in 2004. But, uh, right, exactly. Yeah. Like I, like I mentioned earlier that like you did have like these same kind of formats running, but on like what would be the equivalent of like a s- subscription service then like you had to pay for cable and then on top of that pay for like hbo or cinemax or showtime whatever on top of that so like they weren't you know like they just like yeah you you could talk about it with like one person who also has that and it was very few and far in between whereas like when lost was on i was talking about it with like my chemistry teacher in high school every week like that like I, like just like that notion like like to me solidifies like the start of like yeah like the exactly. trans like like the like the 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 like the relationship of like cinema blending into tv and like you said like tv was so like written for sitcoms and also like very like minimal basic stories but then like lost like even if like you weren't a writer or producer working on lost it kind of like showed you that like if you can create a compelling story, it doesn't matter how long the episode is. If people like can relate to it or it's interesting or it's compelling, like people will watch it, which was like, yes, like we, we take think... it, we take it for granted now. <laughs> yes, <really. laughs> but I think it's so important to talk about that because there was really a shift and like what kind of entertainment people wanted. Because sitcoms, I think, are truly dumbed down stories. Because they're like, they're moralistic, right? Like you have a beginning, you have a conflict, and then there's like a resolution that teaches you something. Yeah, you've never seen like a a episode of a sitcom end where they're like, all right, this character has schizophrenia and that's it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Right, like there's always like you're, there's a lesson in the story and like right. why they're telling that specific story. I, I don't know why you keep thinking of Full House, but it's I mean, like it's, not, it's, it's like every... a, I mean, probably a pinnacle. I mean, I would say Full House is like definitely like a like a pinnacle of like sitcom relevance. But even Friends, it's like 
you watch the episode and there's a story and then the characters kind of learn something from the conflict or the mistakes that they made themselves and it's just so like it's just a box right des- like, i like, just think of it as a box it's, it's designed so to make right it's like it's designed to make you feel good and i don't yeah. know if any of those like moralistic takeaways have ever resonated with me because i've had so many fucking fights in my life where i walk away being like yeah i was right <laughs> like I like <laughs> I, and, okay. and like to this it's like a you thing it doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about but... no but I'm saying like they were all like always trying to teach a lesson on like how to handle yeah. situation like I don't know it's not real and I get it like it's fluff it's literally fluff but yeah like okay like there's an episode of uh Full House where like one of the daughters like is in the bathroom at middle school and her friends are like, do you want to try a cigarette? And she, yeah. like, she tries it and then she's, you know, goes through this inner turmoil and talks to her dad about it and she realizes, like, I was peer pressured. Here's the danger of peer pressure, right? <laughs> and it's, that's the message of the story. And I think that's fine. I think that's... That's not bad entertainment. I'm, right. not, I'm not placing judgment on sitcoms. Okay, I fuck no, with I, I fuck with sitcoms. Okay, I'm a huge fan of New Girl, which has the same storytelling method, right? Like the only overarching stories in New Girl are the romantic relationships, and which, that's because it's not like you have to put extra thought into them as a viewer. You're either rooting for them or you aren't okay but the actual stories told in each episode are contained and I think the amazing thing about Lost and Twin Peaks before it is that it just goes beyond that because it asks you to think and that's the same thing that movies do well and also it it takes it even one step further it asks you to remember and it asks you to like think ongoing like even in a movie like, yes, you can see a character go through like a complex set of like evolution and emotions, but like, you know, with like, with like a long form television show, like you, once you're like committed to it, like there's so much room for like that character to change over the course of years of like your real lifetime. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, okay, Saeed made a mistake being a torturer for the Iraqi government and, like, now he's good because he, like, rescued someone on the island. Like, there's so much more nuance to it. They're they're asking the viewer to ask questions. They want you to be like, why? Why did this time that Saeed served as a torturer affect him and his decisions moving forward? And that Absolutely. is just like a fundamentally human thing. And I think that's why it's really easy to connect to it. And I think that's why people started to really care about these stories is because they actually reflect real life more than sitcoms. Well, and sorry, yeah, sitcoms, I don't want to say that they're, I mean, okay, maybe I'll just say it. I think they're dumbed down media because they're just, they're basically just like fairy tales, right? They're fluff. like, yeah, like the it's just beginning, middle, end, moral, beginning, and, middle, end, moral. And you said it best. Like, I'm not above sitcoms. I, 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 I fuck with them. They I will watch them. They serve a purpose. They They're serve fun. a purpose. But it just what it like. 
like the biggest takeaway from like sitcoms for me is that I'm glad that it ushered in an era of like more complex narratives being like allowed to be shown on TV. Like take Saeed again, for example, he is literally a torturer in his past life, but we recognize him as a also just like a stranded person on this Island and can empathize with him when he falls in love with Shannon and she dies. Like, Spoiler alert. If you haven't haven't seen Lost, (laughs) fucking turn this podcast off. Um, Like, and and, like, I I don't sympathize with a torturer. I hate that. But But you you know why I can relate to him and why I love any episode that's like a Saeed centric episode? I mean, not just him. I like all the characters, but we're just talking about him right now. He has so many layers like a real human being right Right. like it's not just black and white like he's evil because he once tortured people it's like no he was put into a situation where he had to torture people and that has colored his life moving forward and it affects how he thinks how he makes decisions and you can't get that with a sitcom no, it, like the, the, you, you almost the can't amazing, get that in a movie. Even. The amazing, no, you can't. And I think that's actually you make a really good point. Is that while these shows like start to become more cinematic, which cinema movies, right? Like you associate that with movies. Um, like Saeed as a character, like you can go into that. Like you can into that and with these shows you can start diving into characters because you have the time to right like with movies it's what like 90 to 120 minutes at most in my perfect world 81 (laughs) 90 minutes is my perfect movie length Um, if you start going if you start going above 120 i think we need to reconsider having intermission or it better be a bomb fucking movie anyways (laughs) Um, yeah, because I, while I think, like, there's a lot of value, obviously, and the stories you can tell in them, and you can get character depth in them if you tell a story in a movie well. There's a lot of movies that don't do that well, and that's why I don't like them. Um, but if they do, they're able to get that depth of the character. But with TV, that lean cinematic, like, lost you're able to like actually build a real human because humans are so multifaceted. Okay. Like so multifaceted. They're not black and white. There's not just like right and wrong in a human. You can't like, I'm going to bring another lost character into this. John Locke. Okay. Mm -hmm. John Locke is kind of a shitty guy, Yeah, but he's also really fucking cool and amazing like his his backstory is so complex so colorful even though he's a shitty person the writers of lost make you care about him and i think that's amazing yeah and so just like riffing off of that i think we're like in my mind Again, like saying the like the the golden era of television, like it it kind of like has this spot in my mind that's like more than a TV show and not a movie, but like 
is technically syndicated on television, but like, you know, sitcoms growth and evolution between characters happens immediately start to finish in each episode movies slightly longer, but like usually like, it's still like a start to finish thing. But with like, again, with lost, like you see these like multifaceted characters, like that have like, you know, like Saeed was in like in torture. And then you also sympathize with him falling in love. And then when his like love dies, like, you can't even tell that kind of story in a movie because, like, no, the, it's like there's not it, enough time for that kind of growth to happen. Right? Like, it, it's not like, and I think it's like I appreciate this so much about like what you know this what I consider like the new format of like long form television is that like you don't have to witness a character have growth or evolution. We don't see Saeed have evolution or growth we see a person who has obviously had a very like conflicting past just like live as a human and he changes such a good point it mirrors it mirrors the reality of being a human being right like you see him change but it's not this story of like like this hero's adventure of like being a fucking awful person who then suddenly is amazing like if it, if it was a movie he would have just been the torturer exactly right like there, it wouldn't have gone past that or he would have been something not as intense as a torturer who then falls in love and we you know get the whole sob story that but instead like we, we get him crashing it's like, on the island we get him falling in love he has to deal with the fallout of that right because that doesn't last. Right. And then we get to learn his backstory, like why he is the way he is, why he has so much knowledge of like how radios work and shit like that. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's so nuanced. It's so layered. And I think like that's why it's so amazing to watch these shows is that it mirrors the reality. Absolutely. And what when you watch a sitcom, like I'm the most recent sitcom I've been watching is How I Met Your Father, right? It's like, thank you. It's, <laughs> it is so, it's like not like reality at all, right? It's like these, this bottle of a story and the characters have to be one dimensional because if they were anything more than that, People would get bored because when you go into a sitcom, what are you expecting? Resolution. Exactly. Or like uh, happiness. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think How I Met Your Father or Mother or whichever it is needs to be. It doesn't have to be as deep as like Mr. Robot. But like. Right. It can like. I don't know. I, I think that, like, we still haven't struck a perfect balance between, like, a sitcom that has, like, real implications. I don't know if and, we could. And while also still having that kind of, like, dreamy haziness that fulfills, like, comfort. Adam, I don't, I don't think that's possible with the format of a sitcom. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see it. I mean, we. I, I mean, if you is... can think of anything, if anyone else can think of a sitcom episode that does more than that. Oh no, I don't I'd think love, it exists yet. I'd love to hear about it, but I have personally not experienced that. Right. And I think 
this is for another day, but I think like our movement as a media ingesting body of people has been moving back towards simplicity. I don't know if you agree with me, but I think there has been some movement toward that. I honestly, as an example, the fact that we have that 90s show now, we have How I Met Your Father, a reboot right. of How I Met Your Mother, is kind of this movement back towards into simplicity. I don't want to blame everything on the pandemic, but I honestly wonder if maybe because of what, as a society, we went through, like we want simpler stories but then at the same time you have people like obsessing over the last of us which is an intricately told absolutely i mean i i have never cried so hard watching tv than i have watching the last episode of the last of us which is who's airing that hbo but that's not the same hbo that we started with okay HBO, I didn't know this, but I looked it up last night, started in 1972. I believe it. Um, But the first shows that were on it weren't until 1983. And the only one that I can recognize from then, so there was 1983, 1984, 1997, that they put out their own original Produce content. Their own content. Yeah. yeah. Um and then nineteen ninety nine with the Sopranos. Um was was the L word or was that Showtime or HBO? L word is not on here, so it must be something else. Okay. Um but the if you want to know what the first shows were, it was Private Eye, Maximum Security, and Oz. And then in nineteen ninety nine it was the Sopranos. Um, which was obviously, like, a huge moment for TV. And I think we can acknowledge that, right? Like, it was kind of a game... It was a game changer in the way that we think about TV. But the the difference in talking about The Sopranos versus Lost is that not everyone could watch that show. Right. And also, I, I, I feel like outside of the accessibility element i like like i personally remember you know being like a tween and hearing like my friends parents talk about the people soprano. were talking about it yeah like and, but it just like <laughs> i think like the sopranos kind of like filled the same void or like void that like maybe like breaking bad did for people when breaking bad was on i just like it is a compelling story it's very Have you watched it? and i'm talking about breaking bad but just i know yeah. uh, just from what i know about the sopranos like it's very character driven there's a lot of characters there's a lot to follow it is very like well made and have again, you watched it what have you watched it no. Okay. I just I, I I know enough about it, but inherently the story doesn't interest me, so I'm not going to right now because there's so much to watch. But I was curious to watch, so I watched it in 2020 when I had all the time to do so, and as someone who just my favorite form of media is TV, I feel like it's kind of a historical show in the context of TV. 
oh, I agree. Yeah. I wanted to watch. And one, nothing like what I expected. Two, totally understand why it's important. And three, just like actually great television. And I can't help but like compare other shows to it now. And a lot of what has come after it does live up to what The Sopranos gave us. And that's amazing. Um, The thing about The Sopranos was, I think it was the first time that we really got a show that was all about what, who the the characters are, okay? So most episodes are like diving into the backstory of characters. Mm -hmm. And then because you understand those people now, you understand what they're doing which I think is a really interesting thing. Um, And I also want to just point out, this is something I've been thinking about, is that HBO stands for home box office. Right. Right? And so there was this idea, right, of like the box office equating to going to the theater and watching a movie. And it's like they were bringing theatrics cinematic quality content into your home and that's why it was you had to pay for it okay yeah no i totally get that like i i i'm not even remotely like downplaying the significance of the sopranos i'm just saying with something like lost if you were to put sopranos on broadcast television, I still think Lost would have come out on top because it tells oh, a universally I acceptable 100% story. Hundred percent agree. I don't like the, like like Sopranos on like a technical level was pretty much hitting the same strides as Lost, character driven. So like I hundred percent agree, and that's I think what I want to talk to you about is that <laughs> the rise of cinematic television just being accessible to everyone is what I want to talk about with you going forward. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, like, establishing a base point, like a base point frame of reference from where it all comes from is and was really important. But there is so much, so, so much to go forth with on that topic and oh, i yeah 100 percent. And like, I, i'm i'm so excited to deep dive into it but this is not a lost podcast but that's as what much matters as, it, as, yeah. much as it seemed like it was it is not a lost absolutely <laughs> but uh, spoiler alert for anyone who has not watched it you should yeah 100 percent. it's so good well, with that said... Why do I keep saying it's 100%? I'm going to stop that. I don't... <laughs> Moving forward, I'm not going to say that. Anyways, on that note, we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye.